1: and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to
0: amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes.
1: We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own.
0: It's episode 61, and yes, we are 61. rolling into the 60s. Man, I think we're going to be right through here really quick. We have tons planned, scheduled. Mm-hmm. We've already recorded a couple episodes. Yep. And so we're going to be right through the 60s nice and quick.
1: Bur- so- yeah, we is just going to fly past them. It's going to be great. <laughs>
0: it's going to be awesome. Can't wait for 2018. So, welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast this week, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about a photography that, honestly, when I first heard about it and saw everything that was going up, I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's amazing. Then I heard mm. all the stories about people burning down precious landmarks and being complete idiots out there with steel wool photography. I was like, ah... I don't want to be one of them. I, I don't want to burn anything down. I'm not going to encourage it in any way, shape, or form until we met Melanie and Jeff.
1: Yeah. And, and they're like, we do it all the time. We're like, really? Where do you guys go? They're like, everywhere.
0: Oh. And they wanted to do it immediately after they met us out there at the workshop. And they said, let's go. We'll go into the silo or somewhere nearby. Let's do it. And we found a place called Little Moab that we're going to talk about where we went out with them for still wool photography about yeah. a month ago month and a half? Yeah. And then we went again to the Salt Lake area. Right off the Salt Lake where Salt Air is. It's this old building that's been burned down twice. Now, obviously, we didn't go in that (laughs) building or near that building because it's cursed. It's always being burnt down. We went further towards the lake. And we're going to talk about doing still wool photography and Mm -hmm. the challenges and the coolness of it. So Melanie and Jeff, thank you so much. And we met Corey out there the first time we're out there. So quick shout out to you guys. You give your Instagram. You can follow up Melanie at Mama Mamo Jeep. Mamo Jeep underscore photography. And Jeff's at uncle underscore egghead underscore photography. And then Corey, you can find him at what I see from here, all one word. So check out their work. They're always doing still wool photography together. And so we went out to Little Moab and Brendan, it was Kind of hard to get to the right spot.
1: It was not just hard. It was almost impossible to get to the right spot. Um, Yeah. How can I explain this nicely? Mostly dirt roads. Once you get off a main road, which is almost a dirt road, and... The directions had no flipping idea how to tell us how to get there. I made the mistake of sticking with my Apple
0: map because I clicked on it directly from Facebook. Mm. The coordinates were where they were at, and it took me right there. It opened up an Apple Maps, and I was thinking, I'll just go with it. Who cares? Because I'm thinking... It's been pretty successful for me. Yeah. I wasn't having that bad of a time with Apple Maps versus Google Maps.
1: Right. In but, general, around the city, you won't. But right. when it comes to dirt roads, this thing had us going through freaking fields that were pretty much unmarked. Oh, man. Uh, going through a fence that I'm pretty sure was someone else's property. And it's just <laughs> like, where is this thing sending us? Like, And that's yeah. why I just like had the discussion with Aaron. Like, hey, what map system are you using, by the way? He's like, Apple. I'm like... You're like, why would oh, you use Apple? Freak, why
0: you ruined it for both of us? <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. We're already running what? really late because if <laughs> Jeff we're... Peterson will talk to you, he'll tell you that we're always running late. Yeah. And if you imagine the road, I mean, it was a straight line. We drove down, then we took took a right turn and went straight, and then we had a little bit of a couple curves at the very end. It was simple. right. It didn't
1: look like it was that big of a deal, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, mm. we go past the point of where we should have
0: been, and then that tells us to turn right into a field that kind of looks like it says no trespassing, but we can see mm. a road. And we think, well, maybe this road works. That road immediately Immediately turns into debris and high brush that's, you know, late fall brush. So it's all, yeah, we can start it's all to dry. smell it burning From underneath the exhaust. Because the, the exhaust
1: is so hot, it was going to catch a brush fire. It's was like, we don't want to be here. We got to get, gotta out, of get here. out of here.
0: <laughs> so then we're thinking, okay, what's our best pathway out? And Brennan starts plowing through another direction, thinking we can connect with the right road. And it
1: wasn't, it was going to lead us into like a ditch or something. It was there crazy. was a
0: drop off and a ledge up. So we got, oh, okay, turn around, turn around. Yeah. And we're literally mowing through above headlight, bre- weeds and brush to get to the road.
1: I, I can only imagine if, Whoever was out there, I, mean, I don't think. They, luckily, no one was out there. It was just us, right? There was driving around like a crazy problem. psychos in the middle of some field.
0: We pulled off just before we took <clears throat> off and kind of looked back at our pathway to make sure we hadn't started a brush fire. And one never started the next day or that night, so we heard nothing about it. So we didn't start a fire, Sounds Billy good. Joel. It's we did not start a good fire. Way to start a Photog Adventures by not starting a which fire. Which is funny, though, because the whole thing about Still War Photography is I'm afraid I'm going to start a fire. And on the way <laughs> it there, with the car, we did the... it with the car. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally made it out to Little Moab, and we're in Brendan's Mercedes, which keeps giving us more and more life. It's like a cat with a ton of lives. Well, it's yet... an old
1: station wagon. you know. So when he says Mercedes, you probably think of something nice, and this is not like yeah. a nice car. It used to be. It's a Mercedes Benz. It used to be nice until I got my hands on it. It has seat warmer still and back. Between warmers. the deer hitting it three times <laughs> and me running into someone, you ran end, into someone, rear-ending someone and crashing the hood, and now the hood's all crazy oh, different that's colors. That's why or, the hood's a multicolor hood. Yeah. So you rear-ended someone, huh? This thing, I just keep fixing up little things on it and sometimes big things and it just keeps going so I'm just going to keep driving it. <laughs> so,
0: But this thing doesn't have tons of clearance no, and we're starting to get no. close to what we had never heard of. It's Little Moab. It's just off of Utah Lake. It's not far from civilization. Mm-mm, it's no. really really close and it's supposed to be a little rocky area and you look on Google Earth and you can see it. It's like oh those little, yeah, little outcropping rocks, rocks right like, here. Cool. cool. Yeah. And now we're starting to get on trails where we're having to climb a little bit, go over rocks. And then we're going like clunk, a four clunk.
1: foot climb at like a 45 degree angle and I'm like um I think I can do this right (laughs) just go really slow
0: we're running late we can't see anything it's dark now and we're worried about getting right to them
1: yeah we had no idea did we even have cell signal we tried calling no
0: cell signal once we got off the Mm -hmm. road so once we pulled away from the road that went past the lake and we went out in the dirt roads it was gone done
1: so and by the time we had nothing. F- went up a couple more of these rocky paths, we finally saw like a light or flashlight or a car light yeah. or something reflecting back at us. Like, oh, okay, I think we're close. Like, People are up there. So we jump out. Aaron jumps out and starts yelling, and then they start yelling back. And yay, we found them. And so <laughs> that was that was good.
0: They actually came back. The, the The trail is so close to being bad that they had to drive a jeep to come to us and let us follow them just so that we would take the right path.
1: Right, because it was just. Basically rocks at that point. Yeah, it's rock really, crawling. Yeah.
0: Really cool small area. One of the guys that went there, Corey, he got a flat tire on his way there. Mm-hmm. He arrived at Little Moab and... Psss, he and then he told us it that it was a nail that had caused had that tire. A nail in it the whole night. Apparently, he made it all the way home, too, with the nail inside the tire. Mm-hmm. So another photog adventure where someone loses a tire...
1: Flat tires bound to happen, no matter what. <laughs> Hang
0: out with photog Adventure. It's like ninety five percent
1: guarantee that a tire is going to go out.
0: <laughs> no kidding. But then here came the awesome surprise. Melanie had her family there. We had other people there. There mm-hmm. were probably five people spinning yeah. for us. Yeah. And so the the process so, of still wool photography. How do we even begin to explain it? I mean, little Moab had a lot of cool rocks. And oh, we're yeah, talking really like did. smooth rocks that made smooth,
1: bubbly a
0: bunch of different tiers of places you can stand all the way up mm-hmm. to the top of this small hill. And so we, they all stood at different heights and were spinning. And I had never done it before. I had no idea if I wanted to go low, low, low ISO, long shutter mm-hmm. or quick shutter, higher ISO or where do I want to sit? I, I
1: had no clue. Okay, well, So I totally cheated that day. So we met him at night. Cheated I mean, was, that day? I cheated that day. I looked at two or three videos on YouTube oh, yeah. about steel wool photography, tips and tricks and all that stuff. What did they tell you? And what were the tips and tricks? What they told me was, don't go alone. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Avoid wood. Um, yeah. No, um, they said to, you actually can do low ISO. You can do anywhere from 100 to 400. You really don't, don't really well, need to go higher do than that. It was
0: obvious, but was that the recommendation was to go low? What was their recommendation? Yeah, because
1: um, you, you don't want to do too high of ISO, so you want to stay in a lower to mid-range ISO. You want to do... Um, not too long of an exposure either any 10 seconds or less i mean you can go from four seconds to 10 seconds and some of the results that i saw because they took some different pictures at different lengths and to show how many sparks were flying and how many things and so i just went in there and said i said it to, i mean we they started spinning as soon as we got there so we're like holy heck like let's hurry set they our cameras up and, for us <laughs> yeah like they were waiting i mean i think they, I think they did a couple of shots before we got there sure. but. um they started going again right when we got there. And I, I literally had like five seconds to set my camera up. So I'm like, okay, 400 ISO, 10 seconds, shoot. And by the time I was shooting, they were already like spinning in full spin and sparks were flying everywhere. I'm just like, ah, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, like eyes wide open. It's like, hectic. oh my gosh, it's crazy. It's
0: it's interesting to try and get a composition built on the steel wool spin because you can see what the person's standing mm-hmm. and you can see kind of the rocks around it. And you start thinking, okay, let's try and get a leading but line. But it was pitch
1: black. We couldn't and even see what was going on around us.
0: You take a shot, you capture a shot where you put your tripod down and you build around that like you would any Milky Way. Mm-hmm. But then you don't realize how much the sparks will go flying over the head of the person mm. spinning. When, once they're spinning, depending on how they do it, if they're just um, kind of spinning it perpendicular to their body where imagine someone with a lasso over their head or versus the lasso coming you know uh, like on their hip and it's just doing mm-hmm. a big circle next to their hip mm-hmm. you know reaching or the a top circle part in front of the circles of them, at I their mean. head bottom part of the circles at their waist mm-hmm. that kind of a spin and so when they're doing that kind of a spin and you get this complete circle in front of you and you see them through the circle the sparks just go straight up and out mm-hmm. in all the pattern but then you get some of them who are doing a spin as they're doing it and so they're spinning the sparks all sorts of directions so your long shutter creates like this turtle shell of sparks Sparks yeah, yeah, like a little mushroom standing. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so it changed the composition based on what they were doing with their sparks. Mm-hmm. And immediately after my first few shots, and I got probably two the very first time before the steel wool was out, because mm-hmm. I thought I can go four or five seconds. And then once that was up, the sparks were really close, really low. I hit my button again. And since I'm always using my, my camera body for button instead of a re- shutter release, mm-hmm. I have a two-second timer. And so I'm always missing so much sparks happen in two seconds.
1: It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I waited for them to start making the circle. Then I hit it and realized two seconds passed, a lot of change by the time Mm -hmm. I was shooting. And so I had to take off the timer and I changed to a format where I was just doing time lapses. And I started taking short, short shots, Mm -hmm. just two second shots where Mm -hmm. I could see just a little bit of action. And here's a good example of the spin. When they do the spin and it's at an angle of you, all you get is this very bright center. But then the spray is far more interesting because it goes in front of you at different levels. And with these rocks, you get them going out Sparks hitting the rock and bouncing off the
1: rock. Yeah, breaking into smaller other sparks and <laughs> yeah. bouncing off those rocks and just getting this cascade of sparks. It's so freaking it's awesome. It's so
0: neat. It's this little ember that went bouncing, 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 and you see the entire trail of mm-hmm. where it traveled and where it bounced the entire time. And it's
1: lighting up the rocks around it and giving it cool textures and shadows, and it's just... Oh, my goodness. It's one of the coolest things. It was just fantastic.
0: And so one of the mistakes we made in the very beginning was that all five of them spun at the exact same time.
1: Oh, yeah. It was blown out craziness.
0: Completely blown out. There were too many sparks. You couldn't see people anymore, which was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. You took the people out of the picture. But then it was just this fiery inferno up there with some sparks reaching outside. So it Mm -hmm. ended up becoming stronger when we requested them to spin one at a time and we captured different spins. Now, my favorite ended up being when their sparks are just about gone and they're still spinning. Mm -hmm. And about one, two, 16 will drop off, you know, boom, boom, boom. Yeah,
1: not like hundreds at a time. With
0: your eyes, it looks like practically nothing's happening, but your image becomes amazing because Mm -hmm. you have a really well-defined arc on every spark. Mm
1: -hmm. You don't
0: have the big blasting bloom that's in the center that looks like a firework exploded. Yeah, You get... An interesting orb in the center that has all these different sprays, like spider legs going out. Yeah. And it's really, really neat. Yeah, seriously. Gosh, I loved it. And so when we're looking at trying to fix the situation of a huge bloom, we had everyone spin one at a time, knowing that we'll just composite them together with a light blend mode, like a light mm-hmm. blend mode, so mm-hmm. that we can get theirs combined. I ended up not doing that. Nope, me neither. Didn't I need just it. liked one person. Mm hmm. I don't know, personally, I felt like if it had less chaos, it was a better shot. Mm. What would you think? What would you like?
1: I really liked, um, when they first set it up and started spinning all at once, I was just in awe. But um,
0: <laughs> It's hectic. It's crazy cool.
1: Yeah, it really was. I mean, it's just like, and then looking back at the picture that was on the actual back of the camera, um, like there's one shot I posted on Instagram that has... I think five people are spinning right here. One, two, three, four, at least four. Eight, four.
0: And, um, to so check out our Instagram, the photo adventure Instagram, and you can see what we're talking about while we're yeah. saying this. And I'll also put that picture in the show notes.
1: Yeah. And, um, so I got some different shots and Aaron got, and I'm looking through his shots. I'm like, I don't remember getting a shot like that. Um, and I remember moving the guys around to this other areas. Like we started scouting out and being like, Hey, let's go check out this spot because we found a little tunnel area or a little, you know, like, um, not tunnel, but, um, half pipe type of spot out of the rocks and this guy and and uh one of Mamo Jeep's sons walked up there and set up his legs between two rocks and just kind of did this hero shot and it was just fantastic. And uh one of my favorite shots is also when it's You have to explain that hero dying, shot in his legs more down.
0: because he kinda of went through it fast. Can you explain So kinda
1: like an Air Jordan move, you know what I mean? Where he's got yeah. his legs spread out between two rocks and he's got and he's above like this mini mini rock canyon. And then he starts spinning his arms above his head and the sparks are flying. It just looks like Thor's axe going into action, you know, like it's just (laughs) really, really cool. (laughs) And that was also my favorite shot that's on our Instagram feed that has, um, that's about halfway through or towards the end when it was dying out, when there's fewer sparks flying and you can see so much more detail. And I was just loving the, the spider effect that when a big spark flew off and then broken other sparks it was just so cool, yeah. And seeing all those little definitions of light come up, and then Corey went out there um, on a on a rock and had another guy above him spinning steel wool, and Corey was spinning spinning this LED. And so I've got a, also another shot on our Instagram where he's Corey's making an orb of light, and he's practically invisible inside of it because he's just spinning around, and you just see this like kind of darkish shadow, and you can't even see his feet really. It's so it's just <laughs> this floating orb of light, which is so cool. <laughs> And then I got this perfect timing where the sparks like attacking the orb on uh, the rock is bouncing the rock just behind him. And it's just so cool. And just able to see the light that's being created from the sparks is just so cool to see the contrast and the shadows of those really cool rocks is such a fantastic location.
0: On this night, we happened to go during a moon that was almost full. It was nearly full if it wasn't full. And it helped with the terrain showing up in the image.
1: Mm, yeah. It's going to fall. Even and a dark It's going mm, to show yeah.
0: that rock line so you can see the the terrain see the cool setup and then see the lights going on it but you also had plenty of scenes where it was really dark if you had a low enough shutter long short enough shutter or low enough iso that you could pull out light from just the the sparks themselves and Mm -hmm. that's a whole different composition a whole different look Mm -hmm. i in little moab we had the luck of having multiple levels of organic rock shapes that could come into the frame and be part of the image. Yeah, where you can put people out because you see people so all the time great. on flat terrain spinning, and that's okay and mm-hmm. cool. And in Salt Lake, we had that experience. It's so just flat, but yeah. it's just so much more dynamic having different heights where the rocks are being hit by sparks. Oh yeah,
1: I, I that's the place I want to go back to and do it again. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, when you're thinking about doing still wool photography again, and you're thinking, okay, I've had experience now doing it, little Moab. What are you going to request? Because what can you control? You can control whether or not the person spinning the steel wool is going to spin it in front of them
1: mm-hmm.
0: at like a vertical vertical circle or if they're going to do a horizontal circle, lasso above the head mm-hmm. where it has that different look or if you're going to have them spin and turn around as they do it, Mm where they make the turtle shell look. Mm -hmm. So you have those kind of things that you control, and then it's all just chaos and erratic, and you don't know where the sparks will fly, but you have an idea of how the shape of the final image will be, and you can build your composition around that. So thinking about what you can control and can't, what kind of things would you do differently at Little Moab?
1: Um, I would probably bring a brighter light, like kind of like a work light, or maybe the light would be enough brightness to really set something up, to really be able to set your composition up because even the moonlight was good, but it wasn't bright enough to really see, you know, how we wanted to set up our composition. You're just it saying really you wish you could see the landscape more? Yeah, yeah. We need to see the landscape better. So if you're going out to a dark place like this and you want to do it, um, bring a nice big light so you can actually see um, do how... light
0: painting of the terrain. Yeah, or
1: just even just a couple of work lights or something that you can just turn on flood the area with some light so you can actually see what's going on set up your composition the way you want then you can actually tell the person hey try right over there cuz that would be a cool spot now cuz now you can actually see it cuz when we first got there we didn't have time we just set up started taking shots and then we could really like okay I want to move over here because now that I can see what's going on with the landscape I can reposition and get a you know a stronger composition so
0: And the people who are doing the still will have to be patient because they get Mm -hmm. up there and they're waiting and all the photographers are thinking, oh, I'm not in focus. Someone shine a light on him. You shine Mm -hmm. a light on him to get focused and you're, okay, I'm ready to go now. But then someone else is still moving their composition. And so you end up standing there in the cold wondering, okay, should I spin yet? Should I light this? Should I light this? Should I go? Mm -hmm. And so you have to be patient as the person who's doing the actual spinning. And then we have to try and not completely abuse them. And so it's nice that the... um, People were really cool about it, that Melanie and Jeff had gone with them before. and It was
1: mostly Melanie's family. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) And having the chance to actually light the scene, get a shot, and know where your composition is. It takes more time than you want because Mm -hmm. someone's standing there waiting for you. It's like, I'm here to spin. Let me go. And you don't think about how much difficulty it is to keep spinning and spinning and doing four or five times in a row because your arm gets crazy tired. Right,
1: right. So luckily these guys are like in their early 20s. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think Melanie's husband was cool because he was smart and did it kind of a slower, you know, he did a slower one, would turn around and wouldn't like wear his arm out as fast. Yeah, he never
0: had, you don't have to go as fast as people were doing it the second time, right, you know? Right, right. He didn't have to spin it as fast as he could. He just needed to keep the shape. Mm-hmm. Keep the shape. And, that's and he was really, really good cool. at doing
1: that. And that made some really cool mushroom shapes that we really got a kick out of.
0: right. Um, the one hero shot that Brennan's talking about, we went from the terrain of the big bulgy hill and we took him over to an area that was more of a canyon. And as he's doing that, I guess it's more just I could describe it like Thor's hammer when he mm-hmm. puts it over his head and flies. Yeah. With it. Yeah. He spins it around his head. But it was at a cool angle that caused the sparks to go in a nice organic arcs going different directions and some right at the camera, some all behind him. And it was a challenge to get everything not blown out. Mm. and you really can't do the the actual circle you can't not you can't avoid blowing that out right, right but the parts where the rocks are hitting the the rock the the sparks are hitting the rocks they are really blown out they're really really strongly blown mm-hmm. out because of just how much light is there and so i think i need to bring it down try some different settings but i just i love the contrast of the orange rock orange yellow lines all around because of the embers and Mm -hmm. then the sky being blue i know you
1: got blue sky and stars (laughs) in the same shot Yeah, i mean it's just fantastic
0: when we're in this position i loved it at the very end like don't stop taking shots until the last ember flies because you can get that single Mm -hmm. ember shot that just does a really cool arc and has a great parabola and it looks awesome Mm -hmm. so don't stop shooting just keep shooting let it go all the way through and then from this position of us all being down below looking up at him, I went and tried this other position. And Brendan, I don't even think you had a chance to look at all of these Mm-mm. from this spot. So the, oh, there yeah, you was went up above, yeah, I went above them. I didn't see these and pictures captured yet. from above, looking down at him. So I saw the circle below me, mm. the horizon, the hills in the distance, and then the sparks all kind of filled the bottom two thirds <sighs> of the image. It's so cool. And it is a different different feel than you got yeah. when you're down there. I think a lot of the shapes. Of the parabolas are neater when you're below them and you see them go up and arc down mm. when i'm on top of them they're kind of straight
1: straight lines yeah they still look, cool nonetheless i mean yeah And what's awesome as and and the other, the other cool tip that we can share with you is that we noticed that when the sparks are dying out and they're still slowly w- winding down keep taking shots at that point because they make the coolest shapes like You know, like you have the one. It's very similar to
0: what I just said, so how different are you meaning it?
1: Well, I'm looking at some of your shots and they make like cool shapes like around the person. They make these really cool, crazy, like Like snake Like he's carrying this rope around him that's all glowing. Yeah, it looks like a Wonder Woman rope, you know, when they're (laughs) when they're done and it's just like, dude, it's so cool. And um So I'm just concurring with Aaron on that, like just keep shooting until the very last spark is out because (laughs) that you you can capture some awesome stuff in between that time.
0: And the last thing that falls out, Brendan's going to explain in gear time specifically how the steel wool works and what Mm -hmm. materials they use to do it. But once the very last sparks have flown out out and the last ember is there, it's kind of a large chunk. Mm -hmm. And so this large chunk is still burning, but it's not flying, you know, just kind of bounces around them but because it's such a thick piece and the whole thing's burning and has the has that color it ends up being a very solid line that it literally Mm -hmm. draws across the terrain as it flies out bounces 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 and rolls on the ground or they kind of rest their arm and the chain that was spinning the whisk kind of settles and draws its own weird Mm -hmm. line you know which
1: is really cool and unique and and really interesting
0: when I think about Little Moab and the compositions that I really love that I say, okay, these are kind of portfolio-worthy, they're the ones that had the strongest balance between the source of the sparks and how much space they took up in the rest of my image. Mm-hmm. Like some of these where I cut them off at the end are okay, and they're really strong, and I like how exciting they are. But I kind of liked it when they hit rocks in the frame yeah. and made their own different firework blasts. Yeah. And then they had... And unknown to me how I could control whether or not there's 15 of them, 10 of them, three of them, you know. Mm -hmm. And the fewer, the better. The crazy amount of lines kind of ruined it. Kind of like an overdone star trail where you just have lines throughout the entire thing. It's all white versus kind of a controlled full moon star trail where you can get really good definition between Mm -hmm. lines. Mm -hmm. So I love the ones... In my preference, that I have sparks going nicely behind the person, but not all consistently in the same spot. And then the few sparks in front of me that are hitting terrain and making their own. So I would say a little Moab. I'd want to get myself positioned where I have areas that I can see in the first two times that they've spun. There's sparks happening. They're flying down there and get those impact zones in frame because I got some rocks right here in this shot blocking those impact mm-hmm. zones. And I want to see the impact splash.
1: Yeah. It's like yeah. an ember
0: splash that's yeah. happening. So I want to capture more of those and do it all at the latter half of their spin because mm-hmm. that's when less, you know, fewer of the embers are coming out. And that makes it stronger in my personal preference. But... It's a chaotic thing.
1: It's really exciting. It's really random too, and th- and that's what I love about it. Is I love the the random beauty of it. Basically, I mean, it's yeah. just so cool to see what happens in that short amount of time. And we're talking like ten to fifteen seconds, maybe twenty seconds, if you're lucky that the, the steel whole
0: entire still will spin. Yeah, that the yeah. whole
1: spin will last that long. And if you're lucky, you can get three or four shots right out of that whole spin, and. Um, and maybe five if you wait till the very end, the very last one. I recommend getting as many as you can until you see that there's zero mm-hmm. spark left in the steel wool and zero life left in it. And um, you just, just looking back and just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, it's just like, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. You just have to be there and do it yourself because it's really just fun watching it, even if you're not taking a picture. It's fun watching. It's like a gigantic sparkler in the sky that someone's spitting around and you're just like, this is amazing.
0: (laughs) It's a trial and error that doesn't give you any, doesn't do you any favors because even though you've done all this trial and error, the next time you do it and you think you figured it out, it does a completely different thing. Mm -hmm. Like a weird part of the wool will fly out and crash and make this big blast or just everything arcs in a weird way or the wind picks up. I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's so many factors that come into play on what's going to actually happen with the look of the image.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, knowing that you can't really control that, um, just do the best you can controlling the areas you can and, uh, just have fun with it because it's just a really fun thing yep. to do. And Absolutely. we highly recommend doing it obviously in places that are Please. all rock, all sand, you know, not far wood, away from not brush, brush. no brush yeah.
0: fires, no cars that you're letting it hit embers hit. Yeah. No material, uh, don't accidentally do it near a building that is going to catch on fire, right. Just anything at all. Be a hundred percent certain that you're, if you started a fire literally on purpose, you would not cause a fire to spread. If you're comfortable about putting a campfire right there, and then maybe you can do sparks, mm-hmm. but knowing that the sparks are going to fly hundred feet away from you. Mm-hmm. Don't think that you've got enough space and you're close to something, but maybe you're far enough away. Get miles away from risk areas don't even bother yeah. in areas that are close whatsoever
1: and maybe even just go and invest on in a small um you know fire extinguisher in case something around that you didn't realize was there does catch on fire because you know we know if you guys are going to go out and experiment with it with it we we don't want you guys to blame us <laughs> yeah no <laughs> we I are not uh, you know we are really against doing it and and harms any harm you know that can be caused from this so um, that's why we go. To, that's why we say go to as much of a remote, rocky, deserty, or sandy, or watery area. You yeah, know, I've seen. I've seen some cool examples of steel wool over a bridge, a really wide bridge. There's nothing in the way, just water below it. That's that would be probably fine. The bridge isn't going to burn unless it's wood, but mostly it's going to be asphalt, and metal, yeah. and so you're fine there. Um, Any
0: landmark you're thinking might be cool to go do it by, just take that out of your mind. Completely kill it from your mind and do it mm, somewhere else. Yeah. Don't Find other cool begin. places.
1: Make it a challenge and make it interesting because it's going to be interesting no matter what. Yeah. So.
0: I don't even care if you have pictures from Instagram that people just did there that week. Don't join mm. them and risk it. Just yeah. don't. Yeah. So let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast and we'll talk about our second time doing, doing our stool photography out in an area by the Great Salt Lake. Okay. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast, everybody. We're talking about, you know, responsibly doing still wool photography with Corey, Jeff, and Melanie out there in the Salt Flats. And mm-hmm. we enjoyed little Moab out there with those guys. It was fantastic fun. Oh, but a this great time
1: introduction to that. Yeah. we
0: had a chance to go out with Daniel Lindhart and mm-hmm. join these guys in an area just on the edge of the Great Salt Lake by Salt Air. Which if you were in Salt Lake and you're driving out to the Salt Flats, it's that area where you can see the water off to your right finally from the freeway and you see that weird looking, you know would you say a Turkish Indian like building, you know, India, yeah, it's really interesting, interesting shapes. It's and a design.
1: palace type of square palace type shape building. And it's just all With by itself. There's towers. literally nothing else there. And it's just, they just use it for concerts. I think because it did burn down a couple of times on the inside, they just, yeah. they just built it up to be all open it's on a the facade. inside. It's basically just a box that's open on the inside. I haven't been inside before, but I heard it's fairly open. I've seen some pictures. They mostly do concerts there. And so, you know, just out of the way. They're not disturbing anybody. Yeah. They can be as loud as they want. And sometimes they do other conventions and stuff there too, I guess. It's kinda of like it's a pretty cool. miniature convention center type place. So. And
0: it's right off of a muddy beach area of mm-hmm. the Great Salt Lake. And yeah. it's a really nice place to be and it has a weird history of burning down at least twice. People tried to rebuild it in the nineties and immediately it burned down again. And so it's just well, the original one's
1: burnt lost. Yeah, the other ones was built on wood, had a big huge deck and a walk and everything, a boardwalk and everything, and that thing burnt down in like the 30s I think it was built in like the 20s and it burnt down the whole thing burnt, burnt down, down like the 30s. fell
0: over then sank in the swamp
1: yep so <laughs> when we get out
0: to this area, we're going to go later at night. We, give, we meet at mm-hmm. 7 p.m. It's winter. It was just last weekend, right? Yeah. It was just last weekend. It snowed that day for the first time in the area. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy cold winter. And Brendan and I have our typical gear that we put in our go box. You know, we're going to do photography box. That's where we keep all these winter gear, snow pants, stuff like that with us. Yeah. And I accidentally... When I transitioned my box from my car to Daniel's truck because we were going to go with Dan, um, I forgot to pull the shoes out. My mm. boots and my socks were sitting there next to the box on the ground, and I was thinking everything's in the box, I'm good to go. And so I ended up going out to the Salt, the Great Salt Lake, with just my Skecher like slip on shoes that are and
1: regular cotton socks. Uh, I had some wool socks. Oh, okay, I had some wool, okay, wool socks luckily that...
0: in my box that I could put those on that are knee high. But I was thinking, well, as long as I don't get wet, I'll be
1: okay. (laughs) Yeah. So there's snow on the ground. It's blowing at least 10 miles an hour. Oh yeah. There's snow blowing, snow and ice crystals blowing in our face every second And it's about 33 degrees. (laughs) And there is Aaron out there with some cloth shoes. Yes, cloth shoes. Mm. And uh, I'm like, I'm really glad I brought my waterproof boots that I bought in North Carolina now. (laughs) That was great. As we're
0: walking next to Salt I'm thinking, okay, right here, we're going to do it somewhere. Oh, no, they want to keep going out. No, they went out like
1: 500 yards past that, into the mud, into the snow, and yeah.
0: Apparently, even if you're not at the Great Salt Lake, it's just like the salt flats where it puddles up. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. with the light that I had on my headlamp, I. I figured, I'm not going to need this. There's tons of light over in whatever that facility is over there lighting the area. Since there's clouds everywhere, it's lighting up. So I could see everything really well, not Mm -hmm. thinking that I needed to pay attention to whether that water puddle that I'm walking near is going to get six inches deep Mm -hmm. or a half an inch deep. And I was walking half an inch deep thinking, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay, splosh, splosh.
1: Yeah.
0: And it was over. From that point on, I was ankle deep in water, completely soaked, the cuff of my pants. Any of you who are shorter than 5'5", like I am... I'm 5'4 and 3 quarters. You guys know the problem. You can get a waistband for a man, but the legs are just not built for you. They don't expect you to be a tiny person. And so all of my pants hang down past my heel. Oh, and I yeah. scuff up my heel, my snow pants, my, ch- my my pants right here, my church pants, everything. Everything gets destroyed on my heel. And so I had dragged my snow pants and jeans right through that water with my shoe. And so it was soaking up my pant leg. Oh, and you know how it was all it was, you know, absorbing all the water yeah, that I was walking yeah. through up to my knee. So I was just, okay, I'm done. It's just, I'm wet. Don't worry about it at this point.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, um, it was so cold and so windy and so just miserable in general that we probably only did like, what, four spins total yeah. anyways? And so maybe even just three before we... Oh,
0: we did more than that. What was it? They did three where they just they smoked me in the face with the embers, and that was just three of those. So... We had probably like six or eight that we actually did in total. Mm. So getting out to the area, we realized this isn't the coastline, and they wanted to walk even further out that way, but we were afraid of the wind kind of chopping up the water, and we Mm -hmm. could see behind us the puddles we just walked through. They kind of were still looked like a very good opportunity for us to be up really close to the cameras and have that full circle where you could see him spin, but then... If you guys haven't pictured it yet or haven't seen the pictures on our show notes, episode six one, so go to photogadventures.com EP six one, and you can see these show note pictures that we have from Little Moab. I don't think I'll have any from Salt Lake, or you'll have some
1: on Instagram. There's a one
0: picture up there there from Salt Lake because I don't have any of mine taken care of yet. But uh, these you can see how the shape of the spin. While it gives you a full circle in the center, you spray out, and it hits the terrain around you. And then in the air, you have a a semicircle. And that semicircle is what we wanted to complete in a reflection below it so that it became one big oval and one big circle so that we could mirror what's happening above the horizon and mirror it in a shot below the horizon. So we're trying to find a nice big puddle where we can shoot from and have him stand in because he had waders he was ready to go mm-hmm. and be in water he was expecting to be in the great salt lake and so a puddle was gonna be a problem
1: yeah but it just didn't really work out and we tried as hard as we could we still got some pretty cool shots i'm still happy with some of the shots i got um but still wasn't as neat as little moab and the wind was killing us the cold was killing us and we were just you know and then daniel got the call he had to go into work.
0: You're already jumping to the end of the whole story. Let's talk a little bit more about how still okay. wool went. Okay. We
1: haven't even talked about the still wool. So, I mean, so yeah, I mean, we got as far as we could and then, you know, but before all that happened, um, I was trying really hard to get some reflections of the puddles as well. And we kept moving around and I was, I, I, I'm okay with getting small puddles and you can kind of make out the full reflection over a few small puddles. But, um, You know, I really wish it was um, a little bit more water, though. But I love the shot that was this one. It's just there's just sparks everywhere. And I'll put these pictures in the show notes and show you guys. He's doing like an orb. He's spinning around orb-like, and the sparks are flying at us, away from us. And They're just filling the air, 360 everywhere. degrees, and I think that's the spark right there that hit you in the face. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was the one
0: because he started spinning himself, <laughs> and so then he basically took a, a, a blade of embers, like in picture, a sawmill having a giant blade where it's cutting the lead, tr- cutting the tree, the trunks of trees, and it's spinning. And going perpendicular to this, but then he turns it around, so now it's spitting Spring. all these us. embers at yeah. us. Like it was just, ugh, it was a blowtorch of embers coming right out her face. Yeah. And I got a couple on my eyebrows and my face that I thought I could smell <laughs> burning still. Like, oh, I got my eye. Hit my eye. Ah, it's burning. Not that I could feel burning because I was so numb, but I could smell burning. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I, I'm like, oh, crap. That just burned a hole in my new you know, lumberjack beard that I was growing that I actually just shaved. Yeah, that would
1: have been amazing if you had a big old burn (laughs) burn hole. It it would have definitely
0: been time to shave if I had a big old gap (laughs) in my beard now. And I thought my eyebrow got taken. And so when he's talking about the puddles, he's okay with some puddles. What happens is the puddle, the, the water that we saw, even though it looked like it spread out 16 yards deep and 100 yards wide, it actually was just a course of a bunch of little puddles. Mm-hmm. And all those little puddles made it look like it reflected in there. But when you actually had the light going, you could see the gaps. And yeah. so you wouldn't even get a whole full zero, full circle in the reflection because there'd be cut out parts, you know, just yeah. nothing to reflect back. Yeah. You'd see color, but you wouldn't see the actual reflection. And so then we pushed him back here and we tried far away. When you're in this situation and you have just a flat horizon and you don't have anything in the sky like the cool stars or the blue sky, Mm -hmm. it's just all white. It's just so white. The only thing we have is the interest on the ground and the embers. And the interest on the ground was either white or black. And Mm -hmm. so going closer to it, closer to the guy spinning, we could see the part that he was standing in that had some color. And thanks to the reflection, it made it look really interesting versus just a boring, you know, puddly ground. And so it was interesting. I like the textures that we see in, like, your image and Dan's image where you get some of those lines and the the texture points that are inside the mud. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was cool. But, you know, trying to build a composition around it, if he spins just the same way in front of me and I get that semicircle, uh, if I want to pull back enough, I can see the embers completely terminate, on hit the ground, or I can go in tighter and fill my frame better, but then every spark flies off frame. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't in love with either one. I didn't want a very small subject, and I didn't want to cut off everything. Yeah,
1: it, it definitely made it more difficult. I think um, doing stool spinning on a just totally flat surface isn't as enjoyable image-wise as doing something along some rocks or some other cool things that the sparks can bounce off and play with, you know? I could
0: see the salt flats being interesting. If we could see the sparks bouncing on all the crystalline salt areas. Yeah, yeah, that could be cool. And maybe even the geometric shape ones where they have those cool pools of Mm -hmm. uh, like... it look like lily pads everywhere, but they're just shapes in the salt. Yeah. And maybe multiple spinners would be interesting. You can save that terrain and get a wider shot and see multiple spinners do something interesting versus just a single source of the shot. Yeah. It's fantastically cool. But like you said, after about eight spins you you kind of captured it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, well, okay. And then you know, and then when Dan got the call, it's just like, well, we gotta go and They wanted to try try another area, and then that was closed off. And so it was just like – I think everybody just called it a night at that point.
0: I had – Gotten to the point where my feet were numb and I wasn't feeling the cold anymore. Mm. And when it comes to frostbite, that's when you should be concerned. Yeah. Uh, If you stop feeling how cold you were, that might mean that your legs are transitioning
1: into (laughs) frostbite.
0: (laughs) And so I'm like thinking, I'm not smart if I stick out here. I need to stop. I need to stop. It's been really warm this year and I just haven't thought about how cold it was actually getting. Yeah, it's cold
1: now. Even
0: if we guys didn't have to go because of Dan, I was going to go into Dan's vehicle, turn on the air conditioning. Air conditioning. Turn on the heat and really blast my feet and dry them up and warm them up and protect myself from losing a toe, a foot. Mm. I think it would really kill photog adventures if I lost a foot.
1: Mm. Yeah, it would. I could be a pirate, stumpy, pirate adventures.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, still, wolf photography. It is not redundant and boring. It is chaotic and awesome and exciting. Mm-hmm. And while the embers are spinning and if they do things like they did where they turn towards you, oh, my gosh, everyone's screaming and laughing like, we survived. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really neat to stand right next to someone because other than a single shot that Corey had and I had where they looked identical, yeah. we caught the exact same like second you don't have the same shot as the people next to you. You can stand tripod to tripod to tripod, and everyone has a completely different take because they started at a different moment yeah. than you started your yeah. shutter. And the exposures are just off time, just enough. And the sparks are flying completely different. That uh, it's a great, fun group photography thing because yeah, we all really kind of have a little different take on the same composition.
1: Especially in a place like Little Moab, where you can really get on a different levels of rocks, you know, around the subject as well. And like you did, you went up above it and I had totally forgotten that. And the shots were really cool for the angle. Yeah. Sweet. Just so cool. Um (laughs) so I totally recommend doing it something that's in some place that's not flat. If it is flat, look for some reflections because that could be really cool too. Uh, but it's definitely more of a challenge. It's definitely more of a challenge to do that. very
0: controlled shape that you're trying to create out yeah. of it and do something with that and build your composition around it. I think the hardest part for me in this second trip, and it was in the first trip, is that everyone wasn't ready to make a decision on what they wanted. And so mm. they kind of just needed someone to decide. And I don't know if it's out of natural leadership or natural impatience that I'm deciding, okay, fine, I guess I'll decide. And then they kind of make me choose where everyone stands and where they're going to go and... I'm just guessing. I'm just throwing stuff out in the dark, you know, taking a shot in the dark here that this might be cool. And I'm excited in the future to actually have more experience in area, more time when it's warmer mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this is what I'm liking in our images. Let's recreate this, but then perfect where our tripods are, perfect our composition, yeah, yeah. have a leading line, have other things that are going to bring into the shot and turn it into something that's oh, amazing. Because mm-hmm. at the same time, people who don't do stool photography and they look at it, They all kind of look alike, right? And if they get that kind of noise where everything looks alike, how do you stand out? How do you have a shot that's portfolio worthy? Yeah, so one of the
1: videos that I saw was these guys doing um uh umbrella. So they're spinning above this girl with an umbrella, and the the umbrella was, you know, the sparks were bouncing off this umbrella, so it looked like you know, it looked like rain falling uh, down. So that all the embers spark. would
0: hit the umbrella and bounce off? Not all of them, but the, the ones just that would some. hit the
1: umbrella would bounce off and the other ones would come right next oh, to it like sparkling idea. rain and it was
0: amazing. I love that idea. And
1: so they actually recreated that a couple of weeks before we met them. They're like, yeah, we got, we got some shots like that. Um, it wasn't exactly the same, but it was similar. It was just like, um, you can see the spinner behind her. And then the picture that these guys are doing the YouTube video, they were out of the frame completely. So all you saw was the sparks raining down on her and her and holding the umbrella. And it was such a strong composition. I was just oh. like, it'd be so fun to try something like that. You know,
0: I'm in, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. So make sure we just got to make sure we get a nice strong material umbrella. It's not like, you know, going to burn up.
0: Even if we put some holes in it, it'll take a hit
1: and we'll just, you know, probably most umbrella material I mean, probably totally. let it, you know, bounce off and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. yeah, so, I mean, they, they That's didn't... That's a cool idea. Yeah.
1: It, it was really fun to see, and I want to try stuff like that, too.
0: The other thing that I want to try is later in the year, I want to try and get a panorama where the Milky Way is going up and around, mm. a person doing steel wool, and having one where the steel wool is kind of over at the other side of the core. So the core is on the right panorama all the way into a pool of you know embers of someone mm. doing still wool photography so it's kind of bringing in a little bit more light painting in my foreground with the still wool and then the milky ways in it somehow. Yeah. I don't know if I like panorama more or a vertical or a 45 degree milky way more so playing around with that. It's <laughs> so sounds many like things fun. to play with. Yeah, seriously. Oh yeah, and almost 100% of the places we go we could still do still wool. Mm-hmm. Almost 100%. yeah
1: oh yeah when it's really dry desert we can't go rocks and sand yeah yeah probably
0: not out there at the uh, sunset arch in escalante because it's just dry brush fire would cause a problem and i'm never going to do it there right but places places like goblin valley absolutely yeah unless goblin valley doesn't like the embers in there and i wouldn't blame them and if it is causing like any blackness i'm not going to do it if it's going to cause like charcoal marks uh, no way there's no yeah, way I'm going to go in there and do that. I don't do think that.
1: it would. I don't remember seeing anything left in the rocks. Not in we Little Moab, it.
0: but I didn't see it during the day afterwards either. Yeah. So I'm curious about that. So i got to check it out. But mm-hmm. let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast. We'll talk about how still wool is photography is done, do a tip of the week, and then let's get out of episode 61.
1: Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast we're going to talk about gear time now and uh in this gear time i'm going to talk about how do you actually do steel wool so um like i said i did we i didn't do any spinning I didn't do any prep i was like telling aaron hey we got to go to the store and get some stuff he's like no no they already got it so yeah. jeff and
0: millie had and i was it, like man. oh
1: really really seriously and i was like oh this is the first time going out with them i was just like yeah but i don't know if i really <laughs> trust them to have everything because you know how that is you say Someone's going to bring everything and then they end up being short or something. And no, sure enough, they were definitely hundred percent, thousand percent prepared.
0: They're addicted to this. So they're they're ready. I didn't
1: realize how intense this was and how (laughs) serious they were about doing it. And nope, I'm not questioning them again. They definitely know what they're doing and they're totally prepared. And, um, so if you're going to do steel wool and you want to experiment with it, you know, like we said, go to a super good spot. That's, you know, maybe try just a flat parking lot or something like that with no, possibility of burning anything down um, and probably a hundred yards you know oh, yeah hundred yards in every direction big old buffer nothing just a big empty parking lot Something like that would be a good place to start trying it something like that so um, and if it is a parking lot make sure you get permission beforehand you know that yeah. kind of stuff don't be dumb <laughs> <laughs> we'll call,
0: people will probably call the cops and like there's someone burning something yeah over
1: there. so I mean so location is, is key you know um, pick a good location and when you're talking about your your supplies what you need to do is go out to the store and buy the a quadruple zero. So it's a super fine steel wool. They usually come in a pack. That's going to be maybe like a foot long and like four inches wide kind of
0: pack. Is this steel wool, like a pad that you use to scrub dishes or it's all in a complete bunch that kind of curl on in on themselves. Yes. Okay. And the super fine stuff is just
1: like really thin string and just tons and tons and tons. of like a big ball of yarn, steel yarn. Okay. So it's like almost like as thin as a thread, the, the, the wow. super fine stuff. So you want the finest stuff, the tr- quadruple zero. Triple zero will work if they don't have quadruple zero. Okay. But um, the triple zero, quadruple zero is definitely the one is, I'm going to get my bleh bleh <laughs> zeros, zero. Um, they are going to get the ones that are going to be the easiest to ignite. You can light it with a lighter or you can use a nine volt battery. And just tap it with a nine volt battery, and the Serious? nine volt, nine volt battery will actually ignite the steel wool with a, and there's, you'll start seeing like little, you know, wiry strings burning up from the. That's uh, cool. Yeah, I and do so that now. If, in the winter time, like it was windy, the nine volts the best way to go. Oh. And you just tap it on there a couple spots, and you can just start spinning it, and the air will you know fuel it and stuff, and right on. So you got the steel wool, you got that. You want to buy a wire metal whisk, so a cooking whisk that you can. So what you want to do is you want to fluff the steel wool as fluffy as you can, and then you want to shove it and jam it into the hollow point of the
0: wire whisk. So the long wire whisk, you know, like six mm-hmm. inches long, that kind of a thing. Yeah,
1: it can be. It can be. Yeah, anywhere from six inches to a foot long, and um, wow. the just yeah, it's just I'm gonna hold it like in a there. Ball like mm-hmm. inside
0: the ball is the wool, but we're talking not a full sphere but a long wire whisk that you mm-hmm. would spin you know mm-hmm. you know mix your dough
1: with and a lot of the whisks have little um circles at the end little hoops and you can get a lanyard or some kind of rope or string mm-hmm. to hook up to that and that allow you you don't necessarily need that but you're going to wear your arm out faster if you don't have something like a lanyard to spin it give you a little extra you know velocity with it and stuff so mm, right on. um and then yeah you can light it with a lighter or tap it with a nine volt and you just start spinning away and uh, don't spin it at people the sparks fly out maybe as far as 50 feet depending on how fast you spin it and so it's going to take a little trial and error but also um, look at youtube and look at some of the way the guys have done it on youtube and they'll explain a little bit finer detail But that's basically how it works and uh, it's just really fun
0: you want to recommend a link that we can put in the show notes and i'll just put it up there yeah we're learning yeah, okay yep. awesome He'll there's get a couple the good
1: ones that i saw and i'll we'll post the links to it for you guys Sweet. And then
0: the tip of the week is I want to recommend that a shutter release or magic lantern, something like an intervalometer, Mm. shutter release, or magic lantern so that you can be hands-free and just let it run. My favorite were two-second shots, two-second shots that would go quickly and change to another one. And and just I allowed myself to take multiple shots and not just one long shot because you end up with too much chaos. And if you're going to do a full... couple shots and you don't like there's not enough chaos for you just light blend it man just blend mode use lighten and then bring both together in the same Mm. frame not a problem and so I liked using a a magic lantern I just turned it on two second timer and just let it roll and it just takes shots take shots until I told it to stop and if you do have a shutter release just sit there and pound it and just pound it and just go through all the time and watch for your shots that way you will not bump your camera and turn any of those really cool lines into a, a quiver line Mm -hmm. or turned line Mm -hmm. you don't want to bump your camera at all and you want to make sure that you are um (laughs) you want to make sure you're a safe distance from the actual guys doing the embers but if you do get some shots that are coming towards you it's really really cool it is is really cool seeing that art come right past the lens it looks awesome in a wide angle lens yeah
1: and with my wide angle lens i had one shot where the spark literally landed like a few feet in front of me and blew up and it just oh it's beautiful i just one of my favorite shots so flat
0: out, don't expect to have one single exposure through the whole thing. It's just a nuts drawing of just yellow lines everywhere. Get a bunch of little shots using an intervalometer, Magic Lantern's uh, intervalometer, or just doing shutter release yourself and hold it down for one second each time or however mm-hmm. you end up clicking. Just do, do that. That's the best way to go for it. So another
1: thing to just add it to the tip is um, if you like the longer exposures, like I was doing four to eight second exposures, and if you like that without blowing it up, just turn your f-stop you know, crank it up a little bit. I, I was shooting between 5.6 and F8 oh, right. um, for some of those. And so really it seems to tone down the amount of glow. So I don't get, so I can, I can really tamper down the glow. The sky is darker, of course, when that right. happens, but then I've got detail throughout the entire frame and it just let, you just can't go wrong at F8. <laughs> it was so great.
0: That's awesome. And we want to emphasize again, do not do this if you're at all confused on whether your place is safe. It's, if it's at all a hesitation, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't even begin. Still, photography is not important enough for you to burn anything down. Any landmark you think would be awesome to go to, forget it. Just don't even go to that landmark. Go to some obscure place that's not important, not a landmark. It's still going to look awesome. It doesn't need to be a landmark to be cool. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, thanks, guys. Want to recommend. Oh, I want to also thank you guys on Patreon. We had a few jump in this month and really, really appreciate that before Christmas time. We appreciate you jumping in and joining us for 2018. Thank you so much, patrons. We are working hard, planning, building other computers so that Brennan and I can put even more forward towards you guys as rewards. Those of you who are getting the year-end calendar, you are getting that. I apologize for not any extra news on that. We went through a company that has made us a good price and given us a good option, and we're actually given the option to put in on the dates, you know, new moon and information for when podcasts Mm -hmm. come out, when videos come out. Mm -hmm. So we're adding in all that information into our um, calendar bottom half. We thought we could only customize the top half of the calendar but we're getting to customize the bottom half yeah so So cool we're making this a Votog adventures and an astrophotography themed calendar for you guys so it'll be out you just will you just will get it in January you won't get it anytime before January sorry for that but enjoy Mm -hmm. your Christmas break thank you guys who have put out reviews for us on Stitcher and Google make sure you let us know John, thank you for emailing me and letting me know that you put it out there. Um, You put it out there on SoundCloud. And so thanks for those reviews. We have a list of people so far that are going to be in the running for the Carson Lumi Loops. We have three of them we're giving away. And it'll be January 1st when I look and see how many we have. And anyone on there, I'll put through the randomizer, and three of you are going to get it. So thanks a lot.
1: All right.
0: We'll see you guys next week.
1: Cool, guys. Have a good one.